Hi friends and welcome back to another episode of Open House, a fresh, fun and real podcast where I, Louise Rumble, invite you inside the therapy room with me to learn from some of the very best psychologists, therapists and sex and intimacy coaches that I have found. No topic is off the table, no question too juicy and no experience too shameful. At Open House, everyone is welcome. And we're on a mission to develop a new mental health experience for all because we believe that true happiness is coming home to yourself under the layers and layers of you that society has told you to be. As ever, please remember that this podcast is for entertainment purposes only and you should always seek professional medical help when necessary. Now, let's get into it and I'll see you on the other side. Hey guys, it's Dr. Terry. This is the first ever Ask Dr. Terry solo episode. We get so many questions from you guys through the Open House website that we want to make sure we're doing all we can to answer your questions and give you guys guidance. So here is the question I will be answering today. It goes like this. I'd like to share something with you guys as I'm not sure what to do and it's not the first time this is happening to me. I met a guy two years ago on the dating app Hinge, and after one date with a one-night stand, we never met again. We both didn't want a relationship at that time. Two years later, we rematched on another dating app. He looked familiar, but I didn't remember from where until he told me. We were talking for two weeks with messages back and forth from both sides. Sometimes he was starting the conversation, others myself. Recently, we had two dates, and we slept together on the second one. He went on holidays with his friends, and we barely texted each other. I didn't want to be too much, a red flag for me, maybe, and a wound to heal, probably. Every time we spoke during his time away was because I initiated the conversation. Now he's back. I texted him and didn't hear from him until I texted again two days later. During the conversation, I asked him if he wanted to meet again, but I didn't get any reply for it. Almost 48 hours. Actually, the conversation ended with my question. He told me when he came back from holidays, he had some problems with his phone, but I know he's checked his WhatsApp in the last hours. The last connection time never lies. I don't know what to do as I feel he will use the phone problem as an excuse if he comes back to me. I don't understand why some people have this behavior and why they don't say the truth. Quite frustrated about it. Thank you so much. All right. So I have a lot to say about this, actually. So let's start with the very beginning. So the person who wrote in said that she had slept with this guy in a one night stand two years ago. Okay. And then two years later, they matched on a dating app and she didn't even remember who he was. Now, again, there is no judgment here, but I want to point out that this is a typical way that people date today. And it is a very unintentional way of dating. If you are having sex with someone and you don't even remember who that person is, to me, that says you are not pacing things appropriately. And if what you really want is a relationship, you need to make sure that you're not jumping in and having sex right away. Okay. So the person did say in the beginning, she wasn't looking for a relationship and maybe that's why she had the one night stand. But if you are not remembering people that you've slept with, you may want to reevaluate the way that you're dating. Okay. So they reconnect. She He reminds her that they've slept together two years ago and they go on two dates and they sleep together again. 
Now, I am assuming that the person writing this question is looking for a relationship or she wouldn't be writing in to us to ask about these things. So again, there was no pacing here. Pacing is the silver bullet in dating. If you are actually looking to find somebody who is compatible and can have a healthy long-term relationship with you. And that doesn't mean that you sleep with them on the second date. At Open House, we are very sex positive. Sex is a great thing and you should be free to do whatever you want. However, if what you're looking for is a relationship, then you need to slow down on the sex and make sure that you are determining compatibility before you jump in bed with someone. Why? Because if you have sex too soon with somebody, it tends to throw off the whole relationship. Once you have sex with somebody, the relationship becomes about sex. There are more chemicals coursing through your body and you get more focused on that versus continuing to discover someone, build a friendship and determine compatibility. I just want to make a note about that that it probably wasn't the best thing to sleep with this guy on date two before you knew what he was looking for, before you knew what his intentions were, and before she had figured out if he was compatible with her or if they were on the same page in terms of what they were ready for. So they sleep together on the second date. He goes away on holiday with his friends and he doesn't reach out. She reaches out to him and he texts back sometimes. Basically, she's doing all the work to initiate these conversations. And then he makes some excuse about his phone not working over the holidays. We all know that's probably not true. She asks, do you want to see each other again? And he never gets back to her. And her question is, why do some people act like this? And why aren't they just honest? And what I want to say to you the person who wrote this question, you're focused on the wrong question. I don't care why somebody is acting like this, whether it's because they're not intentional in their dating, whether it's because they're not an honest person, whether it's because they're not interested in you, whether it's because they are avoidant in relationships, or maybe they're just emotionally immature, conflicted, ambivalent. I don't know, and I don't care. The question that I want you to actually be focused on is why do you keep engaging with this type of person? Where are your boundaries? Boundaries will predict the quality of your relationships and the quality of your life. In the question, you asked, what do I do when he comes back? Because I know he's going to use the phone as an excuse. My question to you is why would you even engage with him if he shows up again? You should not. You need to put a boundary in place. You need to commit to yourself. I am not engaging with somebody who is not consistent in their communication and effort with me. So it is up to you to set that boundary. If he comes back, it means he probably wants to have sex again. It doesn't mean he's interested in dating you because if he was interested in dating you, he would have continued to put forth effort after you slept together and he didn't. So commit to yourself that you are going to put that boundary in place. If what you want is a relationship, the number one thing you need in a partner or somebody you choose to continue dating is that they are crystal clear 
about their interest in you, and they demonstrate that through consistency in communication and effort. He is doing none of those things. Therefore, he is not somebody that you can should continue to engage in. And the last thing that I want to say to the person who wrote in, in a very loving way, is I want you to begin to be more intentional in your dating. Be very honest with yourself. What is it that you really want relationship-wise? Do you want to just have casual dates? Do you want to have casual sex? Or are you looking for a partner at this time in your life? Do you want that long-term relationship? And if you want that long-term relationship, you have to quit jumping into relationships having sex so quickly, mistaking chemistry for compatibility, and pursuing people who are not putting in effort, who are not pursuing you. And you do that by putting boundaries in place and not engaging with people who are not consistent in effort and communication. You do that by taking things much slower. Have several dates with somebody where you continue to get to know them, discover them, and you hold off on all the physicality until you decide, hey, this person is someone I'm compatible with. We have the same relationship goals. We seem to be showing mutual effort and interest in each other. We have similar values. (laughs) We enjoy spending time together. I don't feel anxious around this person. These are the things you should be looking for. And if you continue to engage with men who are treating you this way, who are avoidant, who aren't putting in effort, who are probably being dishonest with you and don't even seem to want to talk to you, you're never going to progress to the men who do put in effort, are really taken with you, do want to build a relationship with you. So This is something very common that I tell people is quit asking the question, why do they do that? Why did they treat me that way? Why did he, you know, do that? Or why did she uh, treat me in that way? The question is, what am I available for? And what am I not available for? Why do I keep engaging with these types of people? And how do I shift that for myself? How do I set better boundaries, become more clear, and really demonstrate that I'm only available for people who are consistent with me, who are kind to me, who demonstrate through their behavior and words that they want to spend time with me and are excited about doing that. So again, I love this question because it's a question that so many people can relate to. And the three things we discussed today are intentional dating, pacing, and boundaries. So for everybody listening, think to yourself, how do I do in all three of those areas? And if you have work to do, cool, then just start doing that work because you only want to be engaging with people who make you feel good, who put in consistent effort and communication. And if you are doing something other than that, there's probably some fear underlying that is running the show. A fear that we're not good enough, a fear of being alone, a fear that there's something wrong with us, a fear of abandonment or rejection. And when we let fear run the show, 
we get off course. So thank you so much to the person who wrote this question and sent it to us. I'm so happy to be answering it today. Stay tuned. We'll be doing more uh, Ask Dr. Terry solo episodes to make sure that we are answering all the questions you all write into us because you all can relate to so many of them. We're all in this together. All right. Thanks for listening. I love you all. Louise here. I couldn't help but jump on this because I have so much to say. Absolutely loved that home truth from Dr. Terry. I mean, that really was a home truth. I love how direct and straight to the point she is. And I think that's one of the most amazing things about Open House is that it would take me months and months and months of exploring that in therapy, which is obviously a very important thing to do. But for people that aren't able to do that, we just want to take you right to the source of what is going on. And I think that is Dr. Terry's area of expertise. But I just wanted to jump on here today to give you a little bit of my insight on this question, because girl, girls, and the very few men that listen to this, girls, I have been there. I think that when I look back at my life, I see the way that I dated throughout my 20s as being this like crazy cycle of matching with them or meeting with them, flirting with them, going out with them, or maybe just being drunk and hooking up in a nightclub. Because honestly, I feel like when you're younger, men don't actually take you on dates like they do when you're older. They should be saying, I want to take you out for food. I want to meet you here, et cetera, et cetera. But I feel like for me personally, I would settle at like the bare minimum. We'd maybe go on a date or hang out or hook up. Things would get physical. And then I would hold my breath. And what I mean by saying I would hold my breath is that's the beginning of the chase. The beginning of seeing, are they going to text me? Do they want to hang out again? Are they into me? But instead of ever communicating what I wanted from them or what I wanted to build with them, I would just wait. I'd fit the mold. I'd try and be cute and I'd be chill and I'd be sexy and I'd be fun. And ultimately the whole time I'd be scared probably of them rejecting me. But really it was about them. Are you going to choose me? Are you going to pick me? And that cycle would kind of go on and on and on. And it would end in one of two ways. They'd reject me. They'd ghost me. They'd hurt me. Something would happen. They'd hook up with someone else. Or I would kind of chase them with this game into a relationship. And yes, sometimes it would turn into a relationship. And yes, I have been in very long-term relationships with people that I've met in the way that this girl has met this guy. But what I want to say to her and anyone listening is when I look back, those relationships were not based on a foundation of mutual respect, mutual compatibility, mutual love, it was based on playing games. If you enter into a relationship that's been based on playing stupid games, you're kind of entering into an unconscious relationship where you're not aware of what your trauma is, what your story is, what your models of love and unconscious attraction is, and what theirs are too. We are not doing that anymore. We are not dating and expecting. We should be dating and watching. And this is one of my biggest, biggest learnings from the dating phase. And it ties into the concept of what Dr. Terry said about intentional dating and pacing. 
So first up, intentional dating. When I was younger, I either wouldn't know what I wanted. I actually genuinely remember being on a date with a guy in New York and actually a funny story. I matched with him on Raya. I'd like found him online. I'd stalked him so bad. I was like 100% certain this is my soulmate. He is like so rich. He's done all these charity events with the Kardashians. He's super handsome. Like this is my soulmate, which is literally mental. I'd like never even fucking met the guy. And he asked me on our first date, like, so what are you looking for? And I genuinely couldn't answer the question. I was like, um, I don't know. Like, I don't even think I knew what that question meant at the time. Like, now I know he means like, oh, are you looking for like casual fun? Are you looking for a relationship? At the time, I genuinely didn't even know what that question meant. And that is the foundations of intentional dating. Intentional dating is knowing like, I want this to be conscious, casual sex. I'm up for friends with benefits. Well, actually, I'm never up for friends with benefits, let's be honest. But some people might be. I am not. But it's really about just like knowing what do you want here? I'm looking to build a partnership with someone, et cetera, et cetera. And that's what you really need to get clear on before you start dating, using dating apps, hooking up with people, sleeping with people. And I think that you can say this in a really fun and friendly way, just like, yo, this is where I'm at right now in my life. Like, I don't want to play games anymore. I'm really up for investing in something cool, something awesome, an amazing partnership with someone who feels the same. It doesn't have to be serious. Like, hey, I want to get married and have two kids tomorrow. It doesn't have to be like that. It can just be calm and relaxed as you communicate it. So I think the first thing is knowing what you want from someone before you meet them. And I even remember the last guy that I dated in London before I moved to Mexico, before I met my boyfriend, we went on a date and there was so much chemistry and there was so much banter and there was so much flirting. I genuinely was just like, oh, this feels so good. I'm excited to see where this goes. But the truth is, is that just because it feels good doesn't mean it is good. Just because there is chemistry does not mean that there is going to be any compatibility. Just because they treat you good on a date, just because they treat you good in the bedroom doesn't mean they are going to treat you good in life, does not mean they're going to treat you good in a relationship. So the thing about intentional dating is just being very clear with where are you at right now and what do you want? And like Dr. Terry said, that is the foundation of intentional dating and then learning how to communicate that early on, even sometimes before you meet them, so you don't end up getting swept into your old cycles that just keep repeating and repeating and repeating. My voice is so croaky today. I don't know what is going on. I'm sorry, guys. I'm also recording this in bed with the most sensitive microphone that when I like even move it, it like makes noises on the recording. So I'm like trying to lie here like so still. I'm basically doing a plank because I'm lying on my front. My legs are like hanging off the end of the bed in the air. And I'm like, this is literally the most exercise that I've done in a week. Now, this has been the biggest game changer for me in my entire life. Honestly, taking it slow is the coolest fucking sexiest thing that I have ever learned to do because I have been burnt so many times in the past by just jumping into things, being intimate with people, being physical with people, and then hoping that something else is going to come out or something is going to come of the situation later down the line. But the truth is, is that when you get naked in bed with someone, you don't know shit about them. They literally could be like a murderer for all you know. And honestly, having had a boyfriend that has gone to prison and when I met him, he was on bail and didn't tell me. Whole nother story that I never actually shared on this podcast. 
what I want to say is like the importance of getting to know someone if your intention is dating and building a partnership is so critical. Taking it slow, building a friendship, learning about people, dating them, getting excited to go on the dates. That is the foundations of something real. And I get it. Okay. People are like, oh my God, but like, I have to see if we have chemistry first, like before there's anything else. And I'm like, hun, no, you don't. As someone who is probably older than the vast majority of you who are listening, I want to say two things here. First of all, the first few dates will tell you if you have chemistry with them. Okay. And also you can kiss someone after a couple of the first dates and you can see how it feels. You don't have to fuck someone to see if you have chemistry. Yes, you have to have chemistry. I do not disagree with that. But what I also want to say, which seems to be such an alien concept today, is that actually the longer that you wait and you build the basis and the foundations of something with someone, I have learned that that is really how you can build the most incredible chemistry too, because you feel safe with them, you know them, and really it's just like this thing that people are not doing today. I have had the best sex of my life with my last two boyfriends. And those are the ones that I waited before sleeping with. The ones that I waited until I felt safe with them. I know it sounds weird. I know it sounds counterintuitive, but honestly, pacing, you guys need to get on this. And if you haven't already listened to the pacing episode, it is episode 30 of this podcast. So go and get it on this topic of saying, oh, but I need to fuck them before I like know if I'm wasting my time with them. There's another therapist that I'm obsessed with called Ginger Dean. She has this amazing concept, which she says that that statement saying that you need to have chemistry before finding out if there's anything else there actually means I'd rather bypass the time necessary to build a connection with myself and others because I'm actually disconnected from myself and my own emotional needs. Because of this disconnection, I will lead with the desire for early sexual chemistry to secure affection, attention and approval instead of actually learning how to build it without my body. Now, shouldn't actually say the bar at the end about my body, but that's what it is, right? It's like we use our body to connect with other people rather than actually having to go through the discomfort. Oh my God, the cat's meowing. Oh my God. Why do you always do this when I'm recording a podcast? What I was saying is rather than actually going through the discomfort of getting to know someone, and I think we need to be honest that it is uncomfortable. Like we do not know these people. Like it can be awkward on those dates. Like, ah, who's paying for the bill? Ah, there's an awkward silence and I don't know how to fill it. Like dating is intuitively uncomfortable. And I think that this is what Ginger Dean here is saying is that we avoid the discomfort and instead just jump in with our body because when you're making out with someone, like it's silent. I mean, I think it can be just as awkward too. I think it's very interesting how she says, actually, if you are one of the people saying, yeah, I want to jump in first and check how the sex is, that actually means that there is a disconnect from yourself and you have actually abandoned yourself. And you need to be able to come back to yourself and start to feel more secure and safe in yourself because that's the foundations of when you can then honestly calmly, securely communicate with another. Point one, yo, intentional dating, this is where I'm at and this is what I want right now. And two, pacing. I like to take things slow to get to know people. I've been burnt in the past and in my experience, the way to build a really deep and amazing partnership is by taking it slower at the beginning. 
And remember, if you set that boundary and they are not up for either what you want because you're intentional dating or your desire and want to pace, then this is not the person for you. By staying silent and not having these conversations, we're just hoping. We hope that they want what we want. They hope that they want to build the same thing that we do. So coming back to ourselves rather than just jumping into bed with someone allows us to have these foundational, critical conversations instead of just hoping and crossing our fingers in the dark. And finally, Dr. Terry's third point, boundaries. Now, this is like a follow-on from points one and two, which is that if you are connected to yourself, you know what you want, you know what you are worthy of, you know what you will accept, then you can set a boundary. I was in our community area yesterday called The House, and we were having this amazing conversation with this girl who was dropping in some text messages from this guy who was being super confusing. And I was talking to her privately about boundaries and in the dating phase, how it is really difficult to set boundaries. You don't want to feel too much. You don't want to feel like you're overwhelming them. But also at the same time, it is really, really important that you know what is a boundary for you and you communicate what and when they have stepped out of bounds. And the amazing thing about points one and two is that if you are intentional dating and you are pacing, you can set your boundaries before the incidents happen, i.e. during the intentional dating phase, you communicate to someone consistency, consistent communication and contact for me is the foundations of a healthy partnership and what I am looking for in a healthy partner. You have set that boundary and then when they step outside of it, you can communicate to them, hey, do you remember that I said I'm really into consistent communication? When you disappeared for three days there, that didn't make me feel good. I don't think that we're on the same page here and I think I'm going to duck out of this right now. Thank you for your time. I really enjoyed getting to know you. Okay, I have to go because the cleaning lady's just turned up. And actually, it's a cleaning man. It's a cleaning man. Has anyone ever had a cleaning man before? I love that. Smashing gender stereotypes out of the window all day, every day. Thank you, Mexico. I'm also just like lying on my bed in this t-shirt and I have not showered today and I have so much to do. And so I was just going to jump on here to put in a bit of my own personal experience. And I guess I've done that. I wish I had more time. But what I'm going to leave you with is this. One of the best things I have ever learned in therapy is we've got to stop asking why their behavior is so confusing and instead ask why are we so attracted to it. It's a really hard, long and deep process, right? It's something that I spent two years in therapy going through, looking into the relationship with my father, working out, okay, my father is avoidant. My father was always at work when I was a child. I wasn't used to someone being around and being present and being giving with their love and affection and their time. So I grew up into an adult that was attracted to men that were avoidant, but did not give their love freely and easily. I was used to having to chase for love, perform for love. And this is really the foundations of the anxious avoidant cycle. So if you are relating to these, we've already done some podcast episodes on these, which are episodes 33 and 44, where we talk about the psychology behind why do we chase people that are not chasing us? And it's really all about the concepts of emotional availability and emotional unavailability. And if you want to go deeper into this, I would also look at episodes 11 and 29, because those are the ones on unconscious attraction and the models of love which is basically how what we experience in childhood continues in adulthood until we bring awareness to those cycles and start to break them. 
So like Dr. Terry said, this isn't about them. It doesn't matter why their behavior is confusing. Yes, maybe they have issues with intimacy. Yes, maybe they're bad at communicating. Yes, maybe they're getting over a heartbreak. Maybe they're narcissistic. Maybe they have a personality disorder. Maybe they just don't give a fuck. Like Dr. Terry said, it doesn't matter. As soon as someone's behavior is confusing, we need to... Oh my God, can you hear the cat meowing again? Oh my God, it sounds like she's actually dying. Just She wants to come inside the bedroom now. Like I just let her outside of the bedroom. She's fully ruining my extra. Basically... We just got to stop asking why is their behavior confusing and asking why it activates us and why it attracts us. So yeah, I'm going to go now. And to the girl that submitted this question, we love you. We've been there. We've all been there. This guy is not the guy for you. Any guy that pretends his phone is broken, in the bin, red flag, let it take the trash out. No one's phone is broken. You saw him online. He's also a liar. So don't let yourself be disrespected by that. And actually also ask yourself, why am I allowing myself to be disrespected? The guy is literally dying. I love you guys. <laughs> Bye.